This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry. And normally we would take you to the front lines of those that are driving those changes. But today you are with just Dan and I, and uh, I'm going to skip the formalities here. Obviously, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Pass, Triangle Lawn, as well as Comarch. And I should say I'm the owner of Comarch and the CEO of Comarch. And then with me is Mr. Dan Gordon, the highly esteemed, as I always say, highly um I don't know. Good looking. I could just keep going. Dan, you want to say hello? Whatever. Hi. Yeah. How are you? So, uh, yeah, today's today we're going to have a really interesting discussion. Um, Very interesting. And it has to do with uh, our results of Q1, what we're seeing in the world, um, you know, how it's going to affect our business. And obviously, um, you know, uh, um, all bets are off because uh, anything can happen. But uh, you know, there's there's quite a few uh, um, interesting things going on in the world that can affect our business. So uh, why don't we get right to it? Well, um, before we do that, I just want our audience just to get the right setup here. If you can imagine a crystal ball, just just start there. And and Dan right now is dressed in a robe. I am looking at a crystal ball. We're obviously going to do the Q1 wrap up, but then talk a little bit about kind of what it means. And so so with that, Dan, let's get going. So. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 kind of frame it, you know. Uh, so every month, uh, you know, we do this uh, pest index with uh, William Blair and uh, Tim Mulrooney, which, by the way, we'll have him back. He, he has agreed to do that. And the reason that I want to start with that is because the February index came up with almost, or it came up with a twenty percent increase year over year, right? And we started getting calls from, you know, remember this goes out to our clients, our friends, but it also goes out to institutional investors, um, you know, uh, private equity firms, and um, a lot of the, the 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 big guys at the big firms look at this uh, uh, pest index. And uh, this month, uh, we started getting some calls. Actually, Tim got a couple of calls. Hey, you know, we believe in that pest index. It's a it's a it's a true indicator of of where the industry is going. In fact, if you look at the correlation between the growth um, you know, of, of the big public companies that announce their um, numbers every quarter, it's so highly correlated. Now, remember, we are made up of smaller companies. So if we say that the, the, you know, that, that the Orkins, the Terminixes, the Renekills are growing at four or 5%, uh, our clients are growing at a higher percent because they're smaller, right? But the, the curve is exactly the same shape as theirs. So hang on, seeing, hang on there, Dan. Yeah, go ahead. So, so just to clarify here, I, I mean, when I think about the pest index, and 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 I guess school me here if I'm wrong, but I kind of view it as kind of like looking at a small cap index, right? You look at like the overall market, and then you know within that you have segments, right? You've got kind of the blue chip, the really really large companies, and then you have kind of these small cap companies as well. The, the, the pest index obviously looks at the industry as a whole, but fundamentally, right? The, the the granular company there is a smaller company. There typically would be the higher average size company. The average size co- company in that pest index is probably three million dollars, right? Right. So you know, if I am one of the big boys and I'm doing two billion dollars and I grow ten percent, that's two hundred million dollars. That's a lot of 
you got to put on a lot of salesmen to, to, to do that or salespeople and or acquisitions. But if I'm a $3 million business and I grow by 10%, I'm only growing 300,000. That's one decent sales guy, right? So that's why you see those numbers quite a bit higher. But, but, but the fact that that number came in at about 20%, and that's when people started ringing the bell and saying, we're not seeing that. Well, I kind of, I looked back at all the data and it's absolutely true. And so on the surface, it seems, man, that's great. We're just crushing it. The industry's crushing it. But I think what's really going on is our clients, um, you know, uh, the PCO bookkeeper clients, and probably half of them or more are also Colmarch clients, right? They're a bunch of smart guys and gals, right? They listen to this podcast. And what have Donnie and I been doing <laughs> for, you All know, what it, what have we been doing for the last several months? We've been pounding the desk and saying, you got to raise prices, right? And most people did. And to the tune of about 10%, okay? So that explains quite a bit of that growth. And what's really interesting is I talked to one of the executives at one of the big, uh, large public companies and explain that. And he goes, you know, that makes a lot of sense. We do our price increases Q2. So you haven't seen the price increases of the right. big guys, yet our clients, our friends, the people in this index have already raised their prices. And so what you're seeing is that uh, coming through. And that's why we have such a, a high uh, growth this month, I think. Now, does that is that great news? Well, yeah, I guess it's great news. But fact, why did we raise prices so much? Because of inflation and because of all the things that we're going to talk about, which yep. is not so good, right? But this growth thing, um, sure, when you have inflation, your you know your 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 revenue numbers are going to grow. Doesn't mean your profits going to grow, but your 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 revenue is going to grow. And also, uh, what your real growth is when you back out inflation, it it, it kind of. Uh, uh, it's not as pretty. Right. Right. It's not as exciting. Well, yeah. first of all, I have a few things to say what you just said there, Dan. N number one, I, I love the, the fact that you just said that all of our listeners are super smart because they listen to this podcast. I think that's hilarious. But anyway, I am guilty as charged. Is that a cause and effect thing or is that yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> reason? So I am guilty as charged. We uh, at Triangle, both on the lawn care side and on the pest side, we rolled out a 10% price increase. It's the highest price increase I have ever done as an owner. And I was nervous and there was not any fallout. Now it's kind of early. We did it back in March. Um, but, you know, overall, I think people are, are realizing that, you know, these companies are getting crushed because if you don't adjust, I promise you salaries are adjusting and we're paying more now for labor than we ever have. We're having to offer, hiring incentives and you know the i'm in several markets but the raleigh market particularly right now is super hot so so bringing that back to you know what is happening and, and we've talked about this but i don't think we could do a justice to a to a q1 wrap up without at least addressing what is happening with inflation and, and we'll link this article in the show notes but um there's an article i'm going to link up it's from the new york new york times that talks about what's what's been happening with inflation and it just keeps going up. Um, you know, right now what has happened to consumer price index, which is what most people consider to be a better um, measure of, of what's really happening with prices. It's up 8%, 8%. And we've not been 
kind of in this territory since the early 80s. And, you know, we were already kind of cooking away on inflation. And then Russia decides to invade Ukraine. <laughs> and then guess what happens to energy prices? <laughs> I mean, there was a ton of speculation. It, yeah, I mean, also, you know, uh, what, what do you you buy the rumor, sell the news, right? What's going on in Ukraine is an absolute tragedy. It's it's horrible. However, as an effect on the entire world economy, it seems to me that we're a little overblown, right? Because well, of, I think it's you know, speculation. I don't, you yeah, know, as far as supplies, you know, supplies wise, it wasn't that huge of an impact. Now, again, we're talking economics here. We're not talking um morality or anything else i mean obviously oh, just it's, it's horrible it is but the fact is is that it's not like all the oil dried up in 24 hours and you know speculation happened in the market it drove up fuel prices we were already cooking away with inflation um and so you know the reality of it is is that you know everything costs more you know translation the people that work for you or having more and more, you know, a difficult time to live, to keep the same standard of living that they were before. And there's people out there like me and you who are willing to pay more for them. And that's just going to continue to go until something happens. Now, obviously, again, much like what Dan said, I don't know that I can articulate it as well as you did, Dan, but if you are an enlightened person of this podcast, how's that? Is that, is that better? Sounds good. <laughs> If you're enlightened, you obviously have known, and we have talked about this for several months, you know, we have to adjust now. The Fed is aware of this as well. I'm going to link up another article. This one's from CNBC, where it talks about, you know, the Fed doing this this um, this rate increase. It's 0.25 percentage point rate hike. Rate hike. First one they've done since December 2018. Dan, there's the pop quiz for you. Why would a lot of people say that's not enough? Like, you know, so so what you're trying to do is you're trying. So what is inflation? Inflation is too much money chasing not enough goods. Right. And so when you start to raise interest rates and you raise the cost of capital, then then, um, you know, you you you're kind of um, tamping down. Um, you know, uh, the, 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 what's demanded. And so you're, you're trying to get inflation under control. It's a real interesting thing, right? So, um, in the seventies and early eighties, I, I think I was in high school and you were probably, uh, you know, in a, uh, in a, uh, in a carriage. Um, the, the, um, you know, they, 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 they went in hard, you know, and um, it, it was a it was a disaster. It was an absolute disaster. And over the years, um, the government has learned how to, you know, dial it up, dial it back, and we've gotten better at it. Um, if you think about the pandemic, that could have been an absolute disaster, right? But they opened the floodgates, all the money flew out. And that's pretty much what's causing the inflation. Could it have been done any other way? I don't think it could. I think, uh, um, you know, I, I, I think that um, it, it was a good idea at the time. Um, you know, uh, 2020 hindsight, they probably threw a little too much money out there, but but that's okay because we were going through a rough time now. So what's the what's the solution now to to tamp it down? It's to raise interest rates and raise 
um, you know, the, the, the cost of, um, of, of capital and doing business. And so I, I believe they said that they're going to do six uh, in all. But again, this was before the whole Ukraine thing, right? Because now what's happening is if, if you start to, 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 to do this and, and your gas, your fuel has doubled. And this is kind of an interesting one because if you are a non-business person, just a wage earner, and your fuel, it was 40 bucks to fill up your tank, and now it's 100 or 80, that's a real hit. But remember, as a business person, your fuel expense is 2% of your P&L. If it doubles, that takes 2% out of your P&L. That's not a big deal. The labor, if that goes up, by 10 or 20 or 30 percent that's a big deal because it'll take a much bigger chunk out of your and, and the reality of it is is that if you're an owner don't go thinking that you've got it made and 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 that this is just no not a big deal because the fact is is that yeah when one of your folks goes to the pump now they got less money guess what that's going to do to wage prices it's going to hit you even harder so you know and, and by the way you know dan and i agree on everything um, I was alive in the 80s. I think Dan was probably older than I was in the early 80s. I personally think they should have raised rates higher this go. And he's right. I mean, they, you know, I think back then, like, you know, housing, the interest rate to buy a house is like 18. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was crazy. crazy. It was yeah, I don't necessarily, I'm not advocating that, but I do believe that we need to pull this back because it is, which is kind of our next topic. Uh, Dan has decided that he's going to give us a, a schooling on how to predict recessions here. But and I am going to say the R word here. But the fact is, I'm going to link up a couple more articles. And so um, all of these articles, again, we'll put it on the website, uh, PMP Industry, IndustryInsider.com, is that every light that could be shining that says a recession is coming is lit up. <laughs> it is lit up. So. So, so from a um, quantitative and just a uh, a data driven, um, you know, um, look at um, these items. You're absolutely right. The one thing that's kind of interesting though is psychology, right? And what you see with markets are when people are really scared, that's when markets rise. When people are euphoric, that's when they fall. When people take a defensive posture, that's when they go sideways. Right now, if you look at the housing market, and uh, I was just down in Florida with some friends, and we were, you know, we had nothing better to do, so we're looking at some of uh, these these homes and condos and whatnot that are going on the market, that are getting sold all cash the same day for ten and twenty percent more than asking price. My question to you, Donnie, is when does that dry up? Where's this money coming from? Yeah, and I think the reality of it is, is that what has to happen is it needs to. By the way, I sometimes I say things, sometimes things come out of my mouth that I just can't believe that I'm going to say it, but I'm going to say it now, which is I actually want a correction. I, I'm not advocating that I want a recession or some deep depression, but the reality of it is, is that we just cannot continue to go. I mean, because right now we're in the cycle where prices go up, demand on labor goes up, which drives what? Prices to go up again, 
which, you know, and we're in this cycle where it's like at some point we're going to have to bite the bullet and we're going to have to correct. Now, I don't know here in Raleigh, what you just described is exactly what's happening. If you don't have 50 to 100 grand more than asking price, which, by the way, asking price is already high and most likely the house might, might appraise for that. It's just so competitive. And so I just think what has to happen is, is that we've got to we've got to get rates back up so the capital gets way more expensive, which is going to slow down the housing market, which is going to obviously the people are going to be affected by that. Um, but, you know, to me, where does it stop? I think it stops with more aggressive um, capital, you know, in, in, in terms of cost of capital, because right now, you know, the the government can the government, well, you know, the Fed. They can kind of control that with interest rates. Like if inflation starts getting away, make the cost of capital go way up. That should slow things down, which will kind of keep prices in check. We have had kind of this nice long 10 year period of just cheap. I mean, I think it's even been longer than 10 years. Cheap, cheap, cheap money. And where it made more sense to borrow than to save. And what I mean by that is that, you know, you could you could take an investment. Why would you pay off debt? when debt is so freaking cheap, you know, you go out in the market and like, say you get five, six, 8%, which I think is pretty low. You know, why would you pay off your debt when your debt's costing you two, 3%? So I think it needs to, I think we need to normalize it. So I don't know if that answered your question. By, 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 by the way, if, if you think about our best business environment for operating our business is not when things are crazy great, because we can't hire anybody. That's exactly it's not right. when crazy things are really low because our customers aren't buying. It's right in the middle, right? It's that, that uh, you know, I mean, all of our businesses, everybody, you know, is complaining that uh, in, in, in terms of GDP growth, you know, uh, it was kind of slow and it was anemic. But that's where we want to be, right? That's where we want to be as an industry because we can hire, people are buying, you know, when, when things are too hot, we can't hire. When things are too cold, we can't, you know, th th there, there isn't as much demand for our, our, our services. So it's, it's kind of an interesting uh, dichotomy. I'm going to link up an article on the, um, on, the, on the website for the show notes, which is where, you know, I've said every light. Look, I could sit here and tell you that, hey, in the, in the next two years, you're going to have some, some event that's going to be hard. So I almost feel silly saying that a recession's coming because the fact is, is that, yeah, well, it'll eventually come no matter what. <laughs> That's like saying, hey, tomorrow's gonna happen, just so you know. No, so I- No, it's like saying it's gonna rain in the future. Well- Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the reality of it is, I mean, so I'm gonna link up this article. Um, you know, some of the really large banks now are starting to say, yes, this is coming. Um, I, I tend to agree with you um, Dan, I mean, some of the best folks that I got at Triangle, I got from the 2009 big recession that we had, the housing meltdown. I'm sure you remember that. Um, and, you know, it just, at least from our industry perspective, it puts people in the market that would typically not be on the market. And I will tell you, the building industry has fantastic folks to pluck when things start turning on the recession. So, okay. So, uh, hey, what, what do you think of uh, now, now that we uh, so so uh, just in terms of um, if you're a, a pest control company that's a big pre-treater, what, what do you do right now? 
I think you ride what you got in terms of the wave, but I would certainly be putting some cash in the background. And I, I mean, first of all, assuming that you listen to this podcast and you are big into pre-treatments, number one, you, you should be slapped, right? Because the fact is, is that we've talked about this over and over and over and over again. Do not, you know, get yourself into a position where you don't have recurring revenue. Now, I'm not telling you that pre-treatments aren't recurring revenue because they are, and they are fantastic over the long term. But I would be, I would be putting money and emphasis on creating more recurring services. And I would take a good hard look at my current setup. And am I extracting the most possible recurring revenue out of these pretreatments that I'm doing. I mean, the fact is, is that there's some good things about pretreatments. In general, I'm not very, um, I'm not a huge fan of pretreatments. I'm not saying that, I mean, I know there's folks out there that do it well, but I think it takes a lot of money. It's, it's a long time before you get your money back out of it. But the fact is there's some really big companies who have been built off of pretreatments and riding the building market. And so I think, it's all about yeah, riding the building market. And and yeah. should you go into re- recession, um, you know, a lot of that dries up. And, uh, yeah, and you better have a lot of cash and you better have. I mean, and then I think the thing is, it, you know, as long as you're very good at flipping that pretreatment business over into recurring services, you'll be fine. You know, but just realize like that. And the other part of it is, is I just don't I think now, you know, 2022, you know, Pre-treatments aren't, a, I mean, you know, 20 years ago, you made money on pretreatments. Now, you know, yeah, okay, it slows down. Well, a lot of people yeah. use it as a, as a marketing tool, right. just like, you know, that to, to build up the renewals, even though the, the uh, your probably uh, retention rate isn't as great as, uh, you know, other other areas. But, but um, you know, I mean, if you look at, and, and we probably segue into like your cost per sale, and digital and whatnot, as that goes up, you're looking for other avenues and pre-treat could be. And I think, you know, and I think, you know, and you're, and you're getting to a good point here, which is, okay, well, now what? And I definitely don't want to preach people to hell and not give them things to do here. And so there's, there's a few things that I think we need to talk about. Number one, and I think it's pretty obvious, but I'm going to say it anyway. And that is, if you have not done a price increase by now, um, well, number one, I got nothing for you. Like, I mean, there is no better time to do a price increase than right now. And, you know, your customers are expecting it. It's one of the rare opportunities that you have to do. What I would consider to be a, a fairly significant price increase and it not have much of an impact on your business. Now, I understand. Because you can't see the video right now. I am pounding the table. Donnie is <laughs> no, no. And he's in a robe looking in a crystal ball. Just, just yes, so you know. So, yes. Um, but no, I mean, so, so recommendation number one, and, and we continue to say this, and I'm going to continue to say this, that if you have not done a price increase by now, um, I don't know what else to do. It is absolutely do not delay to do that. And I would say, you know, think about this. The consumer price increase is up 8%, which means if you do an 8% price increase, what did you effectively do to the value of your business and profitability? Not Nothing. And I imagine if you looked at wages, it would almost say that it's not, I bet wages, I have not looked at this data point and, and, I agree, and it's fantastic to talk about things I've not looked at, but I would speculate that wages in some markets are up way more than 8%. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so if that's the case and that's the highest 
that is the highest part on your PL, and I know it is, then you know, the highest item on your PL, then then that means eight percent is not sufficient. I personally did 10%. We have not had much push uh, pushback. Again, it's early. And, you know, I'm not a billion dollar. What you just said is extremely important. A lot of people are afraid. Oh, my gosh, the Great Recession, whatever. We can't raise prices. No, that's precisely when you do it. And what you just said is very interesting because our clients, including our accounting firm and whatnot, we all raise prices. No pushback. None whatsoever. I mean, you know, you get the occasional. But but everybody, there has never been a better time to raise prices because everybody's. Um, yep. No, I agree. All right. So the recommendation number one is raise your prices. Recommendation number two is, and and I will tell you, Donnie Shelton's doing this, is secure your options for an oncoming storm. Now, the good thing is, is our industry in the past has shown extreme resiliency when it comes to a recession. Now, I don't want to take anything for granted, and I hope that trend continues. But the fact is, you know, I personally am making sure, hey, we've got some good reserves. I'm going to make sure my reserves are good to go. Credit is easy and it's cheap and I'm getting as much of it as I possibly like. I literally am actively within the last month. I have been reaching out to get bigger lines, bigger limits on my credit cards. I'm not using any of it. But and, you know, the banks could always call it. Right. We could hit a big reception. A what recession. In the last, that's what happened in the last. Yes. Yeah, but but, you know, if just, you get a nice if you get a nice, say, two year, you know, line that renews in two years, you know, that may be enough. You know, and, and again, I mean, you know, the reality of it is here. This is very, very conservative. Like I don't you know, our business just as does not have big swings in cash and, you know, Last time in 2009, when, when we went through the big housing meltdown, we still grew at Triangle. Now, we didn't grow as fast. So the, 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 the interesting thing is that was probably one of the worst recessions that we'll go through. My guess is that if we do hit a recession, it's not going to be as bad as the last time. But remember, our industry did grow during that. But why? The reason was because bed of bugs. Yes. Bed bugs. So that came to, you know, when General Motors was filing for bankruptcy, people had bed bugs and it doesn't matter. You know, you're, you're getting rid of your bed bugs, right? So it's like the sign of the time. Send the locusts. They're doing they're hurting. Send more. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Right. So but but, you know, so do we have something like a bed bug uh, thing going on? I, I don't know. You, you know, you're you're. You're closer to that than I am, but that's what really kind of saved the industry or, you know, made it, uh, you know, during that time where we really didn't feel it as bad as some of the other industries. No, I, I would say in general, at least for Triangle and almost everyone I talk to, bed bugs are what they call in the crapa. It is not doing so well uh, at all. So, right. so I, I would say, you know, recommendation number one is do your price increase if you've not done it. Um, number two is secure as much um, as much security as you can. And and what I mean by that is just you know get your cash squared away. Make sure that you're you got plenty of credit. You know you got plenty of options. And then number three, and this is a really really big one, is look at your gross margin. And make sure that you're managing that gross margin extremely well, because here's the deal. If if 
crap hits the fan, you know, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, you, you know, people aren't spending, you're not selling, you know, new sales and growing fast can hide a lot of sins. But the one thing that you want to make sure of that you can, that you can do is that you can shut everything off. And as long as you got a good gross margin, you're going to make it. You're going to have money. Absolutely you're going to, right. you're, you're going to be yeah. fine. You know what I mean? You can weather the storm. You got a gross margin that's out. Oh shit. Now we got a problem. Oh, I should have said yeah. that, but you, oh crap. <laughs> I mean, it's like, now you got a problem, right? Now all of a sudden yeah. it's like, oh, we got some, because that you can't change that. And what that is, you know, don't. What a gross margin shows is can you operate profitably? It, you may blow out your marketing and screw that up in sales and, and, and your office. But if your gross margin isn't between 50 and 55% or more, even in a recession, then you know, you're know you in trouble. You've got to hold that line. You know, you can think of gross margin as how efficient am I as a business? And am I able, much like what Dan just said, am I able to make sure that when I get someone in for every dollar I pay them, I can turn three out or whatever that number, that ratio is. It's like you just have to be in a position that, hey, if I shut everything off, like, you know, whether it be, you know, marketing or admin or whatever, I'd reduced rent. Right. Doesn't matter. I can operate as a business and I can make it. So I would say number three is. Shore up your gross margin. Look at it. Make sure it's tight. Dan, do you want to give a recommendation? Obviously, I, I know it depends on the size of the business. Do you want to give a recommendation of like if you're below this gross margin, you're doing well. If you're not at this gross margin, you got some work. Yeah, to do. So it, it, it's over 50 percent. But how do you uh, affect gross margin? Well, remember that the, the it's revenue minus direct cost. Direct costs are all things that happen on the road. The biggest cost there are uh, is labor, and uh, if you're in lawn care, it might be materials, right? So uh, those are the two things that you get under control. Now, you may not be able to reduce it. You don't want to. Uh, you're not going to keep good people by uh, lowering their salaries, right? So hey, everyone. Have to either raise prices with inflation and or shore up your route efficiency, right? Because that has the same effect as raising prices, right? So if you've, yeah. if, if I've got, if I'm paying a guy 20 bucks an hour to do the work and I can do, you know, $150 an hour job, my labor rate's 40%. If I can give them $250 an hour jobs, my labor percentage is now 20%. And so I've lowered it without touching his uh, salary. So you've got to make sure um, that you do that. That's, that's uh, job one. Yep. Yep. So I would say, you know, other recommendations, price increases, secure cash options. And number three is, is manage your gross margin. And really one in three are one in the same. You know, you might you, your gross margin may not be tight. I guarantee you that your labor has been creeping up. And if it's not, then congratulations, you are in a unicorn market. Ride it while you can. Um, I can tell you in the markets that I'm in, it's, it's been going up um, quite a bit. And because the, the other part of that is the blowback from that. Right. You bring someone in new. And you have to bring them in at a higher rate. Well, then guess what that does to everyone else that's on staff, right? It's so it's not exactly been working for you for so long. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So so anyway, getting back to so one in three price increases, you know that that will most likely fix a, a, a bad gross margin. And and like Dan says, it's it's all about making sure that you play very very good defense and that you're constantly running a nice uh, efficient company. So all right. A few updates for marketing, and then Dan, I think we'll finish out with some. Uh, I always want to end the podcast with a bang, and so I can't think of any better topic to finish out with other than taxes. I just 
can't think of anything more exciting. So anyway, as far as marketing is concerned, we did not see a 20% increase in leads. However, we absolutely saw a 20% increase in pricing when it comes to pay-per-click. Pay-per-click cost, I just continue to be in awe at how fast they continue to go up. Now we have some markets that, you know, the average cost per click. And again, this is, I'm talking very broadly here. You know, when you get into details of specific uh, markets with specific, you know, terms and groups, you know, they can vary, but in general, it is absolutely anywhere from a 25 to 50% price increase that we're seeing from what Google is getting. And that's a combination of both. What well, it's really a combination. Who has more power, the, 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 the government or Google? Oh, there's no telling. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's no, it's, I mean, the reality is, is that when you have companies with a lot of cash who are competing, it is just driving costs up left and right, especially in highly competitive markets. And so yeah. things that we're seeing on the marketing side is that most companies are doing quite well digitally, but they're paying a lot more for it. You know, in general, you know, leads are up, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15%, depending on where you're at, what market you're in. But cost is absolutely up 20, uh, 25 to 50%. Just, just remember, you know, especially in pests, not so much in lawn because the, the valuations aren't as high, although the valuations in lawn are, are, are creeping up. But, but um, you know, if, if, if I sell a $500 a year quarterly total revenue for the year and, you know, I can sell my company for 2x on revenue or 3x on revenue or whatever that number is, why wouldn't I pay $500 for that sale? I'm not looking, I'm not telling you that you should do it all day long, but it's definitely something that you should think about. Now, if interest rates go up, what happens is that the real value of return comes down and therefore it brings asset values down and valuations come down. So that might be used to um, control you know, it, o over time, that might that might be your ceiling on your digital marketing, right? So um, hopefully it'll come back the other way. And I don't want to turn this into a valuation conversation, but I mean, it has significant impact on your company valuation as well. When a, when a, you know you're getting into the millions of dollars when it comes to doing an acquisition and the acquiring company, the cost of them to get that capital to purchase your money goes up. Well, then what's that going to do to the value of your business? Right. That's right. Yeah. That's, that, that, exactly. that was the point. Right. Yeah. So so even though you're buying up right now because valuations are high. And by the way, one of the things that we saw, um, you know, that, um, that, that in our podcast last week with John Myers that we didn't address because he probably wouldn't is there certain things he can and can't say is that he that deal put a ceiling on valuations for now, a short term ceiling. Yes. We were doing deals for much higher valuations. But if I know that I could buy Terminex for, you know, <laughs> you know, for, 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 for a lot less than I could buy Triangle Pest Control, um, Donnie would argue that Triangle's a better company, but but uh, you know, there is no argument. Buying, right? Right. Yeah. You know, who who am I buying? And and that's why um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see where things go in the future. And you know, the thing I would say is, you know. Obviously, and and I don't, I'm not certainly going to throw any shade towards Terminex, but it was kind of a hot mess. It's been kind of a hot mess for a, a few years now in terms of getting it cleaned yeah, sure. up. So, yep. Yep. all right. So I think in terms of marketing, that's a pretty good wrap up of Q1. I mean, it, again, big picture, and I could go into a ton of details and, and 
you know, get into analytics and we could just all have a great old time. But the, but the reality of it is, is that leads are up, you know, 10, you know, 10 to 15 percent, but costs are way up. And I can I think that trend is going to continue to happen. You got to be there and you certainly should be investing in it. And much like what Dan said, the math still works that you should be heavy in digital. Right. When you look at what it costs to acquire a customer, which, by the way, is still pretty doggone cheap compared to acquiring it through an acquisition or some other means, it still makes a ton of sense and you still need to be in there. It's just not as, and I tell you, it's just not as good as it used to be in terms of pricing. And that's just the reality and you got to deal with it. So that's marketing. Dan, you want to just, you want to close us out here with just talking about taxes. Oh, and so so real quick, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take too much time on this, but, um, um, you know, if, if, if you think about when, um, the new administration came in, we were going to uh, get rid of capital gains. We were going to increase uh, highest marginal rates. We were going to do all this stuff and that failed, right? And so then we said, we're going to increase rates, but we're not going to do much to capital gains. And um, we are going to, um, uh, you know, um, we're, we're going to leave things status quo. Then, then a few other proposals came up. Now we're at a point where the only people that we want to raise taxes are on billionaires. And I think we can all get behind that. Right. So, but what that means is that we are in the old, um, you know, we're, 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 we're status quo and status quo means that, uh, this salt state and local tax deduction is, um, um, you know, the, the, the state and local tax deduction um, um, is, um, you know, you're, you're capped at, at $10,000. However, on the, on the entity level, um, you're able to do uh, what they call this pass-through entity tax in many states. Uh, I think it's like 29 or 30 states. So basically, you pay the tax at the entity level. It reduces the income. Therefore, it, it, it has the same effect as taking a higher salt deduction. And um, so what we saw is at the end of the year, a lot of states couldn't get their act together and they finally got the forms. So if you're a cash basis taxpayer, you're going to pay it before uh, April 15th and it'll be good for 2022. But if your accountant tells you uh, that uh, you have the opportunity to, to do a PTE or pass-through entity tax, it's an election. You don't have to do it. You should do it because it will save you in taxes. The other thing that I want to talk about real quickly is um, something that has become a real hot topic. There's a lot of promoters out there. Uh, I'm not saying that it that 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 it's it's totally wrong. We're not doing it. Is this uh, employee retention uh, credit? Basically, what, is, what, by the way, this is one of the rare times that you're going to see Dan and I in 100% agreement on this topic. Yeah. So uh, basically what happens is you've got, uh, and this has happened with research credits and employment credits. This is nothing new. However, what happens is the government said that you can actually take a credit and it's refundable from your payroll taxes if you uh, kept folks employed and you had certain uh, drops in revenue or other characteristics that, that happened in your business. The optics are horrible, right? Basically, our industry has grown like crazy, and we are looking for these big uh, credits. Now, 
there are ways to prove that maybe your bed bug work was down or your commercial work was down and uh, or that some government, local government regulation affected your ability to do business, in which case you may have a case to apply for these credits. The issue is, so when you can amend your tax return for just about anything at any time and the government will give you a refund. They have three years to audit you. If you get an audit and you do not uh, pass the mustard, you have to give the money back and you have to give penalties back and you have to give interest back. And these promoters, it's funny because we had a guy who uh, talked to me. He, uh, you know, I think we could do a lot for your clients and whatnot. And I said, okay, well, let me understand this. So let's say one of them gets audited. Who pays the interest and penalties? Who pays the taxes? Well, they pay the taxes. They would have owed that anyway. Okay. Well, uh, can I uh, collect on your insurance policy? Oh, yeah, sure. We've got a million dollars worth of insurance. A million dollars sounds <laughs> a lot, like a lot of money no. until you've got, you know, a hundred people that you've done this for and the penalties and interest will stack up and these companies will go out of business. And it By happens the way, all the time. Let, let me let me pause there real quick because I just want to tell our listeners of this. Dan and I spoke to this individual separately and didn't know it. And we were talking later on and we were both like, hmm, this seems kind of interesting. And then more we here, here's what I'll tell you. In our industry, they I feel like there are people who could potentially qualify for this. However, when I, when I looked at it, the amount of qualification that I would get versus the risk I would take wasn't even close. At least this is Donnie Shelton speaking for me to jump into that just because, you know, we get an audit and much like what you said, Dan, there's an there's an optics problem that we have. And that is, is that as in general, we did quite well as an industry because of COVID. We did quite well. and. Absolutely. And, and for us to come back and say, well, we're just, you know, we, we got so hammered and you're in the middle of an audit and what that could turn into, because the fact is they're not going to say, oh, yeah, we, we're going to put you on a plant payment plan. It's like, no, you owe this amount of money and you got to come up with it. And what doesn't what survives bankruptcy, Dan? Yeah, yeah. You can you can file all that you want. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, but, but but you know you can you can definitely there are ways to get around that uh, offering compromises and whatnot. But my point though is that you may amend your tax return, and right now the the IRS is so understaffed, and there is so much uh, fraud out there, and uh, that that's going to go it, it, and because it'll come under statute of limitation. There's so much um, there that you may get away with it. You absolutely may get away with it. But if you don't, it's going to be a problem. And it, 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 it blows my mind with the IRS. Like, why would you now they're starting to hire new agents? That's the revenue generator for the government. Why would you cut that budget? Right. That, but but, you know, they're starting to get more agents. And look, the ERC is a terrific thing and it's terrific for certain industries. And I'm not saying that pest control, you you can't get these ERCs. It's just we're not doing them. Um, but, you know, we can certainly, um, you know, assess some risk for you if that's something that you want to do. And this is a highly controversial topic. And I, I almost didn't want to address it, but we've got several clients who are going forward with it, who are right. looking for millions of dollars back. And they'll probably get it. The question is, 
in four years from now or when, if and when they get audited, then what happens? And it'll be interesting. So. Well, we just wanted our, our enlightened listeners, as Dan calls them. No, I am. Um, well, folks, you did it again. Uh, we have come to an end of the podcast. Dan, this, I actually enjoy these quarterly wrap-ups. It's great to talk about what's happening in the economy and how that relates back to our industry. I just enjoy that conversation. And for all of our listeners, I, we say this every podcast, You know, Dan and I are highly compensated for the time that we put into this podcast, which means we don't get paid. So we appreciate any any recommendations, any reviews, ratings, all of the kind of good stuff, however you listen to podcasts, we are very much appreciative of those that come in. We would love to continue to, uh, to do this. And so with that, we're going to finish out. We will see you all next time. Dan, anything before we finish out here? That's it. Thanks so much. All right. We'll see you guys. Take okay. care. Take care. Bye. Bye.